0: Don't be afraid of going your own way, because then you don't overcompensate, you do the right thing
1: according to your business model. Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Laundry. So today I'm joined by Kenneth Anholt, you're the director of uh, Financial Compliance Group and the head of Denmark. Welcome to The Laundry. So you have an extensive background within finance and the work with AML. Um, And so to get the audience to know you, I'm just going to jump straight into asking a couple of questions. And I want to know what's been the most impactful moment you've had working with AML over the last 10 years?
0: Yeah, well, I've been in this business for 22 years and the past uh, seven years as a consultant. Uh, When I started the journey, uh, in 2010 with aml i see the massive investment massive um cases that have developed over time until now these 12 years so when i look backwards i can yeah, have a lot of war stories um some i can say some of course i cannot say but um i can see that where we started with just like this is our driver license I have a picture of that mm-hmm. um But if I should take some concrete uh, thing, I would say it's like uh, the follow the money. When I saw on the screen uh, where the money was set in and then where they ended, like for instance, I saw this um, Vicar recruitment um, that says, well, yeah, well, we come in interim positions Mm -hmm. and see that they buy like olive trees in Greece or they buy olive trees uh, in Greece or some um, pizza floor in Italy, etc. Why should they do that? It doesn't make sense. Uh, and to have that critical mind, um, or you see all the money gets collected from the morning, and then in the afternoon they've got transferred to another bank, and then the path uh, comes up again the day after. Uh, to be that close to all the things, that's really um, massive.
1: It's interesting how do you so how do you follow up on, uh, on cases like that if you see a recruitment company <coughs> and you see they start investing in like olive branches or olive trees in, uh, in different <laughs> countries like how do you then take that onto the next stage and as you say follow the money and I guess maybe offboard the company at some t- uh, some point as well? Yeah well I think it was very difficult in the beginning
0: because uh, for 10 12 years ago mm. it, it, it was not that common to go through uh, not trust uh, the client. You were not aware of, uh, maybe you were a bit naive at some point. So to go directly to the client, say, well, why are you doing this? This is not looking uh, normal. That was a bit uh, awkward, uh, maybe also some embarrassing, but also a barrier you need to force because you need to know this. Um, So, uh, And then after you have uh, talked to the client and you have to say, well, we cannot have you as a customer anymore, that was a bit scary. Yeah, how come? Yeah, because you were very direct, mm. uh, and they should know you're uh, investigating, and of course you wanted to keep the relationship with the customer because you earn money uh, uh, on them. Mm-hmm. So to get that directly and so close to the client, saying we don't trust you, it was like that's normally the police that doing that.
1: I'm just the banking. And, and have you seen that change over the last years? Like uh, over the last few years, I guess this is what the SAR reports and so forth now has come in to sort of help with to transfer responsibility of following up on potential, like uh, yeah, illicit transfer of funds and so forth, uh, so that the police is actually the one doing the investigation and maybe talking directly to the clients. Or do you believe it's the same still, where the banks have to do this on a case by case basis and talk to them?
0: Yeah. It's not the same. Some of the police work are, in fact, now done by the banks. Mm. Uh, and that uh, shift have, of course, uh, been transferred in the public. So the customer are aware of that. Uh, and uh, the people who are working with the AML uh, in the financial sector are also aware of that. And I think they are more comfortable with that. But, of course, they are not police. Uh, they are still a banking. So it's better. It's more open-minded, more ton- more transparent. They have gotten some tools. Uh, to spot it much bigger and the communication part but of course there will never be and should never be the police uh, enforced hands uh, in that way.
1: Are you ready to level up your AML and compliance game? Join us on Wednesday March 1st for The Laundry Live, a live community event streamed on YouTube featuring subject matter experts, Q&As, some surprises and exciting topics. This is your chance to stay ahead of the curve and get up to date on the latest AML and compliance developments. Check out the event on Stryce's LinkedIn page for more info. See you there. Absolutely. Now, it's, re- it's really interesting, and I'm really interested to talk to you about today's topic. So uh, we're talking about the state of AML, like the state of play for AML. What, what's the actual status for AML in Nordics and especially Denmark? Um, and FCG, it's approximately a month, six weeks ago, where you guys came out with this report where I found it really interesting the way that you put it together because this is anonymous interviews with, I believe, 10 different senior stakeholders within the first and second line of defense in financial institutions in, in Denmark That's yeah, uh, been asked is really basically prone questions and they provided unfiltered answers to really say, what is actually happening and not just the uh, sort of political, uh, ma- uh, po- po- politically correct answers, uh, I'd say. Um, so um, just to set the scene of this, um, in the report, it's also referenced to Europol's number of how much of the money laundering funds are actually stopped. And in Europol says that's 1%. Now, like you mentioned, you've, you've worked with this for so many years now uh, and yeah, seen the investments that's gone into setting these systems up uh, and obviously seeing how much investments are made. It's, it's billions of NOC and Danish coins and, and euros that's put, uh, put into this uh, fight against financial crime. And still seeing it's just 1% that we're able to stop I'm 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 <laughs> curious to start uh, the question about um, all the questions about why w- why do you believe this <clears throat> is why do you think the investments that are so big aren't really making a huge difference just yet?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, fundamentally, I don't think that we understand uh, the criminals. Hmm. We don't understand why ML is so important. Um, We can, from uh, FCG report in Sweden, first of all, and then our report in Denmark, where we have been spoken to the biggest um, financial institutions with the top management anonymous. we can see that they all have this factor that we need more awareness. We can post as much money in it as we want to, but if we don't understand the core challenges, it doesn't have any effect. So as I see it, the one that have been successful with this is in fact them that have been burned. Mm. The one have, those have been sanctioned, and we've seen a lot of the big European banks been sanctioned, get fined. Uh, they still have struggle, but it's like you need to do that. When we see the Danish FSA, we can see that they are pointing fingers. They have now um, uh, have a lot of inspections. Where they say you're not good at this and this and this. And it has to be like that before you can see there is a problem. You don't look in. So fundamentally look at your own business. Fundamentally, have the board the right competences. Do they have the right focus anchored about the how you do the ML work? That is, as we see it in the report and as I see it, the most critical part to fight against uh, the one laundering
1: so, there's a really interesting take and uh, lo- looking into the report a bit um I, I see a few of the respondents on on some of the questions at least have highlighted that it's almost been an overcompensation now because the lack of understanding yeah. and that's pouring a large number of s- resources in uh increasing headcount by a lot and Basically, setting up a sort of like check the box type of compliance process where they don't look at the competitive advantage that a great compliance process can have, um, but taking those type of um, yeah response and and trying to come up with a solution. What would your recommendations be for uh, for the companies or the the AML fighters within this? Uh, within these organizations that want to get the board to really understand what the main issues are?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, we should see who is in the board, who is uh, the competences. Should we need other people in the board who understand this more uh, clear? In general, in the banks, I think that we should have more in who is not a banking. We should have like more police folk, more tax people, more from the outside to get a diverse uh, resource handling. Because we do not know the criminals as we should do. We're always lagging behind. Uh, tick the box. Um, that doesn't cover with the risk uh, approach, which all the DFSA are telling us. How can we click the box if we have to be risk-based? Mm. Compliance is yes or no. Risk-based is not yes or no. So how do we understand the laws? So therefore, we need overall to see it from them who knows the business. So we need to not be naive. We need to not trust people because they click the box, because it's in our template to be a KYC, to be a client. We need to see the broader picture of this. Therefore, the people who are handling those people or those customers need to have another view. So, but it starts with the board, Mm. the anchored, the risk to see it, and then anchored about how do we then work with it.
1: So maybe even bringing in in some sort of outside competence that's not necessarily Mm -hmm. sort of schooled in in banking and finance, but have more of a a crime uh, preventive type of background. Would that be a recommendation? Yeah, 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 completely. And
0: also not to be uh, afraid of saying it directly. The legislation have been there for 20, 30 years. It's the last maybe five years we really understood this pressure. So we have tried to say like indirect for many years. It doesn't help. We need to be much more open, much more directly, um, internally, externally, uh, from the authorities to the banks, to the public, uh, much more di- diversified. It. Yeah.
1: Mm. And, and sort of taking that... One step further, um, what would you say is the uh, way a modern bank or a modern regulated company should view their AML responsibility? Because we've just discussed it doesn't work with just a sort of like checkbox compliance type of setup. What is the overall AML responsibility and what type of questions do these banks or regulated companies need to ask themselves to make sure that they're doing it properly? Yeah,
0: well, of course, they should see that. uh, Why do we do this? Uh, To have a banking license, we have to be compliant with the banking license. And to have the activities that's in that banking license, we need to have a social contract. We need to have the trust that we handle this correctly. And to handle it correctly, we need to have uh, enthusiasm. We need to have a passion with AML. Mm. Uh, If we look back, credit is, of course, the main thing in a bank. That's where we earn the money. Of course, then we get the market. Then we got the liquidity and etc. But now we have the airmail. And in the beginning, this was like, oh, why? We don't earn any money on it. No, you don't. But use this at an advantage. And that I can't see so many firms have developed and taking into account because now we live in 2023. Data is king. Mm. So the data we get from the customer should be a benefit going forward. And... I guess that have not been in the spotlight for so many boards, uh, and you should have that. So as as I see it, you need to be much more open about collecting data, the quality of the data, and use them wisely, not only to prevent the uh, anti-money laundering, but also to get new business areas that you can earn money to your stakeholders
1: absolutely and this is uh, this is what i've seen in a few of these discussions as well this need to stop with the silo thinking like if you gather data for the kyc this is data about yeah the business and and the persons and everybody involved that could be definitely used to uh, drive new revenue sources to have better processes when it comes to esg when it have yeah, you, you have insights that you didn't have before, so it all just trickles down, and it always starts with the KYC in the, or KYB in the Know Your Business. Um, one, one respondent I saw commented that it was almost at the point where he wanted a scandal mm-hmm. to happen so that he would, or his team or her team, uh, would get the funds they needed to really set up great processes. Yeah. I think that was such an interesting quote, and it just speaks levels as well, like how how desperate maybe uh, some of these uh, teams are to, to scrape together the funds they need. Yeah. What other than sort of a, uh, setting up or staging a scandal w- would you recommend these teams to 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 do to get sort of the the board and the rest of the company to really focus on on this as an area of investment? Investment.
0: Yeah. Well, they don't. Uh, As we spoke about before, it was going forward about the data, and data is king, and you're going to earn a lot of money on that. That's one thing. But also as it is right now, Mm. you can optimize so much right now. You still have so unsecuredness about which role do you have internally about who does what. What is AML in the bank, what is not. Uh, So just to optimize processes, methods, use uh, uh, systems, use AI, use a other thing, just to make it much more cost-beneficial at the current stage. And then going forward, use the data, not on the silo, but also look at the holistic point of view. So I would say it's not five years ago or five years more to come. Look right now, where can you be better? And there are so many ways the top management can do that because in the end of, end of the day, you will need to earn the money. And you can do that now. You can do that in the future. No more manual things. We will n- Of course, we need the people. We need the employees to think themselves. Of course, it's not robots. But we also need to invest about having the right thing on track so we can deliver the right thing as we have uh, planned to do. And then also be more trustful for your risk assessment. I see a lot of people doing the same because we are used to doing that. And we are not developing at the same phase as the criminals. So we have to look in before we look out. So look at your risk assessment. Are we compliant with the risk assessment? Are we trustful with the product, with delivering channels, Uh, all the processes there? And is it covered as a uh, red line in all our organization? Start there. You can get so uh, many good points already. I see a lot of doing things because other are doing it. But if it doesn't make sense for you, then stop it. Don't be afraid of going your own way. Uh, I would just say that because then you don't overcompensate. You do the right thing according to your business model.
1: I, th- I think that's such great advice. And also this uh, this, this notion about first principle thinking and, and asking yourself are we wo- um, the process that we're setting up. Is this a process that is designed to hinder money laundering? Or is it a process just to, again, check these boxes and try to look compliant, meanwhile actually not being efficient? Yeah, because you are very limited because you
0: have to fit all the clients into one box. Mm. You need uh, to rate your client as low, medium, high, more high, and you have a lot of risk rating models in between that. So you're always trying to to place the customers into that risk rating. Uh, And that's very difficult. Uh, You cannot uh, do that with all customers. You need to sometimes use your, yeah, um, look outside of your own uh, areas. Because if you don't do that, you will always uh, limit your thoughts and then you will be too naive. You will not uh, be able to, to see the customer you have to listen. You have to be critical. You have to sometimes um, um, not just follow. Um, I see a lot of, what you can say, paper compliance. You know, with good policies, uh, n- nice instruction, great SOPs, uh, I- I good reporting, et Everything on the outside looks good. But when you go deep dive, you don't do that because you are so much focused on paper. Yeah. Walk the talk. Yeah. Much more.
1: Not just the theoretical part, but actually practical implications and operationalizing and making sure what's on what's on the policy actually gets followed through on.
0: Yeah, and I also see a development in the market that people are good talking to each other behind of uh, of the firms. Yeah. I know we can't deliver the data, which is a barrier. Uh, to preventing anti money laundering, but I see a lot of good networks. I see a lot of knowledge sharing, uh, and that's really good because then we need to do that when we not can share the data. We need to say, I've seen this case. What would you have done, or have you seen that before? And then we are very good at helping each other because we understand this is a a need that help us all. So we need to give something
1: to get something. Yeah, um, I think that's that's really great advice and. Uh, uh, seeing, uh, seeing a few of these respondents uh, talk about what's the biggest bottlenecks they have within their organization, um, I've, uh, at least for me, there were three things that really stood out. One thing was uncertainty about roles and responsibilities within an organization. Second is what you just mentioned in terms of the data sharing and the ability to share information across both the teams and, uh, and as well companies or even jurisdictions as well. Mm. And then the third would be technology and the uh, problems that legacy systems especially, especially reading what the respondents in this, uh, yeah. in this report said. Uh, so maybe if we start off with, uh, with the latter one on technology. yeah, um, Legacy systems is highlighted as being a big bottleneck to making AML work really in, in a modern and efficient way. For anybody starting now to implement new technology or looking at new vendors or starting a new IT project, what would your recommendations be? What do they need to consider at the very beginning?
0: They should, of course, think short-wise, but also long-wise. That is the very boring answer. But also have in mind, we need some successful stories. So don't uh, troll the old one down and take a big one who is ready in two and three years and uh, that would not be a good idea. You need to have successful implementation. You need to look at your own business see where is our problem. Is it with the transaction monitoring? Is it with the KYC, ODD, ADD? Where are the issues here? And then I will do some add-ons. If I cannot get help from my data central or my RT uh, department, if it's too lack of the system to handle all the new data that I will need, then I will try... On the short-term basis, are there any technologies I can add on? Hmm. Are there any tools I can use to cover this better? So I will be compliant now, and I will look at the right stuff right now. Because when we are setting the scenarios, the transaction monitoring, uh, we don't have it all covered. And even though transaction monitoring are silo-wise, they also cover on like a spider web. Because they will eventually, if you have a lot of scenarios... They will cover each other within fraud, anti-bribery, anti-money laundering, terror, etc. They will do that. So as a mitigating actions, I will do the add-ons, recurring to what are my needs. I know there's a lot of vendors out there who is really good, very fast, and also now very cheap because they have a lot of much more uh, customers, and it has developed on the long basis. Of course, we need to have more national thought. Should we do something more about this? This is uh, old story. Uh, I know we, ha- we have some issues with uh, the privacy. We have something with the national uh, legislation, how to do that. Uh, and that is not something that we can solve.
1: Um, and because now we're, yeah, because then we're starting to, to dabble a bit into the, the, the second issue, which is the data sharing aspect of this all. And, and sort of, um, yeah, the bottleneck, which is data privacy. And obviously, data privacy is is extremely important and something that everybody needs to take very, very seriously. But on the other hand, you have the need for information to be able to combat financial crime. And these two, in my mind at least, oftentimes comes up against each other where you have the KYC, KYB, AML part, yeah, where you want as much information as possible so that you have Yeah, the more you know basically about the entities you're doing business with, the more chances you have of detecting fraud, detecting terror financing, money laundering and so forth. But then on the other hand, you have the issues that uh, data privacy then rises uh, in terms of gathering and not uh, just gathering, but also sharing or collecting this data about the individuals, the persons within the companies and so forth. So that's a really interesting Uh, That's a really interesting conundrum. I I, I think. I think.
0: Yeah, and we have seen some small steps uh, at the Danish market where we can share some information, where it's in the bubble, where you all give hand. This uh, this stays here, Uh, but it's very limited. Mm. So that's that's a small step, but of course we need to do much more, and especially about the transactions, because that is the crucial part uh, to know. follow the money. Where does it come from? Where is it ending? We cannot control that uh, with the criminals. So the small steps we have taken, especially in Denmark, we need to have much more of that. But we cannot do the bank or the data centrals alone. We need much more collaboration uh, at national size. Because what do you want? Do you want uh, to prevent the anti-money laundering? Uh, If you want to say yes to that, Sometimes you might have to have a compromise with the privacy. Uh, is that possible now? No, it's not. Um, I know that that the data tilsynet uh, in Denmark, they can have fines right away, and there could be a big ones. The DFSA cannot make the fines. They have to make police referral and etc. and we don't want that as well. So we have a dilemma approach. Just the same with the tick the box and the risk um uh, a risk-based approach so we have some dilemmas that we have to talk in a high level what do we want what do we not want and where can we make some prom- uh, uh, compromises but as it is now of course we need to work under the umbrella that we have from the legislation and um, that's why it's so hard
1: <laughs> absolutely no it's uh i i completely agree um so the last part was um regarding the uncertainty of roles and responsibilities now this seems based on the guidelines and so forth that exist that this should be a solved problems in in many ways but um apparently it isn't so, what would your recommendations be for companies that struggle with uh, the classic case of, well, I believe that's their responsibility. I believe AML should only cover this much. We, meanwhile, this part of the customer lifecycle should cover this. This part, yeah. like, how do people or teams that just get started with it or want to know more about it understand whose responsibility AML is and what? sort of that role encompasses in terms of a organizational structure?
0: Yes, it's pretty funny because in the beginning it was like second line issued. Um, then it was moved to first line, maybe in 2014 or 15 or something like that. And now it's coming back. Um, not that it will go away from the first line, but with the new EBA guidelines who came into force in December uh, where you need that AML officer. Uh, and I think it's very important that you have a balanced competence and resource in the bank that you both have the competence in first line and in the second line. You can manage that. I know that when you're in second line and if you're in compliance you need to cover many areas. It's very difficult to be a key person who knows everything in the second line. But as we see now if you can check, uh, check and challenge your first line from a second point of view you are very long. So my recommendation would highly be that you upscale your competences, your focus on the second line, because when I look back, the first line people are really good. They know this. They have the governance, r- the risk framework in place. They have all the paper compliance. They also have the walk and talk in s- uh, in some ways. But the second line is unmature, mm. as I see it. From my experience we need much more compliance people or risk people uh to see this as another level who can uh, challenge uh, the first line on terror anti-bribery wherever you are or maybe also the risk rating models in the transaction monitoring scenarios to see this is good Uh, you have some good systems but how do you cover pep how do you cover the sanctions, uh, the fraud in Switzerland, and etc.? How do you do that? Show me. So we need to have more balanced competence throughout the lines and not only second line. Then we also say, what about third line? Internal or external external audits. Uh, do they also cover it? Uh, we also have that in mind because that is the focus of the overall control framework, the overall management of the system, and I don't see that uh, been covered as it is as uh, as it is. So now we have first line who have mainly covered it, but it stops. Mm. Um, so recommendation, more competences in more lines uh, throughout the banks and financial institutions.
1: Brilliant. So so to try to summarize those three points on uh, the tech issue or the issue with deploying technology recommendation is start off with more of the low-hanging fruits and then add on. So not think about a three-year, four-year big IT project. Think about what can we solve now with existing vendors and start off with that. Uh, second problem, uh, which is the um, on the data sharing aspect, it's still to continue to uh, yeah, uh, hopefully get opened up a bit more on the on the regulatory side, so that data sharing is actually allowed between yeah. the banks, for example. Yeah, and then third is the uncertainty. Follow the EBA guidelines and focus more on hiring competence in the second and third line as well as the first line, because first line is already sort of covered in many ways. Yeah, and to maybe
0: uh, to add that yep. also have in mind that look, what are you non-compliant with yet? people have so much hurry about what is coming. Now we know that the sixth uh, Vilvest v- directive are coming in any way. So yes, of course, we should look at that now, but look backwards. Are you all covered? People forget this. It's been a culture. We just do what we are used to do. So stop up, reflect. Are we in the circle where we totally uh, align with the Bible risk assessment uh, and the thing we have? And if yes, then you go for the upcoming regulations.
1: Wonderful. So I want to round off by uh, taking the highlights from the report. Uh, So there's five highlights that you've mentioned, and I'm just going to run through the headlines of this, and then you can give some context to them. Sounds good? Yeah, good, good. So a rapid fire style. (laughs) So competence and understanding the subject matter. What do we mean by that?
0: The constant is that we need to think that we should know more than we do right now. People think that we are done now, but we're not. This is the tip of the iceberg. So we know what we have to do in a in a content that our normal bank, but we need to know more about what is coming, know more about how do the criminal works.
1: Sounds good. And then the second one, building capabilities.
0: Cap- ca- capabilities is that, We need to have more hands than we need. We need to have more mitigating actions about how do we prevent this from happening.
1: The third one, better coordination and guidance by regulatory authorities.
0: We've seen from the Danish uh, authorities that they have um, helped the business pretty much the last two or three years. That has been needed to understand the legislation. So yeah, we need to be more dialogue with them. They need to be more honest so we can
1: help each other. Awesome. Ongoing adoption and updating. We need to be more
0: like not we do this every year. We do this if needed. We need to be more agile. If we see something that sticks out and we don't earn money or we don't do it correctly, then fix it.
1: Wonderful. And the last one, a more informed process for IT.
0: We need to bring IT people much more in the line. This is a lot of law- lawyers that are working with AML. We need to have much more diverse profile and IT minded people to help us. We need that.
1: Thank you so much, Kenneth. It's been a real pleasure having you at the Laundry. And I can't wait to speak to you again. So take care. Thank you so much. <laughs>